Hello and welcome to Wangaratta Baptist Church. My name is Pastor Aaron. I'm so thrilled that you've decided to join with us today for this message. This message was recorded live at one of our Sunday morning services, which are on every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here in Wangaratta. If you're here uh, in town on a Sunday, then why not come along and join with us in fellowship with other believers as we open the word together and hear from the scriptures. But if you are connecting with us online, don't let this replace uh, coming to a, a local church. Uh, they are vitally important for the growth of all believers. And so get along to your local church. But if not, then, then at least help. let this be a supplement to help you in your walk with the Lord. And so we do believe that the, the scriptures are the inerrant word of God and they're here to train us and equip us. And so we will be speaking and opening up the scriptures together. So, so get your Bibles out and follow along. And I trust that this message that you are watching today will really encourage you and inspire you and help you understand the hope that we do have in Jesus Christ. May it be a blessing to you. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we just come to you now as we... Uh, Hear from you, Lord God. We just pray that the words which proceed out of my mouth will be a blessing to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hang on. Glasses. What have I done with the glasses? Can't do anything with it. Here we go. I just hope he hasn't got any big scary words in here. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're carrying on from where we were in the, in the study of Luke. Today it's Luke chapter 12, verses 4 to 48. Uh, and it's entitled, Ready for Jesus, Have No Fear. Luke 12, 4 to 7. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you, whom to fear. Fear him who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And not five, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, thank you. You are of more value than many sparrows. Are there no sweeter words to hear from the mouth of Jesus than these? Friends, do not fear. These words open a larger section in chapter 12 that is bookended by verse 32, where again Jesus says, fear not. And so everything within these verses we can see in the context of Jesus' command to have no fear. And Jesus specifically begins by saying, do not fear people, do not fear people who may persecute and even kill you, because really that's the best that they can do, harm or kill your body. After that, they have nothing they can do against you. No, being killed might seem like a massive problem to some of us, but I don't think any of us want to die. But Jesus' point reminds us that eternal life awaits us and no action of anyone 
can take that future away from us. At best, they will only bring it quicker. But in verse 5, Jesus says, if there is anything we should fear, is that we should fear God. Rather than fearing their persecutors, the disciples should fear God more. God has the power to effect eternal, not just temporal destiny. Now, I'm sure that you have heard many times from the pulpit where the Bible says to fear God. It's more than we should have an awe about God. But in context here, Jesus is clear. Fear God means just that, fear God. What sort of fear grips you when your life is in danger at the hands of someone else? Jesus is saying, don't fear that person, fear God instead. Same fear. But then he continues and gives further context to that fear. God will judge all and cast the unfaithful unbelievers into hell. But this same God cares, I've lost my place, cares for cheap and plentiful little birds. This same God knows how many hairs are on your head, some more than others. This same God who knows you intimately cares for you and values you. So don't fear people, fear God. Fear losing eternal reward, but know that God loves and cares for us all deeply. Jesus then moves on and teaches more about fear. Don't hide, don't hide. Don't be ashamed of the gospel and of being a witness to that gospel. Luke 12, 8 to 12. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Peter was right there listening to these words of Jesus. Peter the man whom Jesus said would be the foundation of the church, a man of God used to build and establish his church on the earth. This man who heard these words from the mouth of Jesus yet ended up denying him three times, denying he even knew Jesus. But Peter, of course, repented and was redeemed and went on to become a great proponent of the gospel. No more did he hide or shy away from the cause of Christ and his church. He was not ashamed of the gospel or of being a witness. Peter shared with thousands the hope that is in Jesus Christ and testified about God's goodness and grace.
And like Peter, we too must make a choice. Are we going to deny Jesus or acknowledge him? Are we going to be ashamed of our faith in Jesus Christ? Or are we going to confidently and boldly bear that witness? And when we bear witness, when we share with a family member, a friend, a colleague, an acquaintance about our faith and about the hope we have in the gospel, we can do so with complete confidence that Jesus has promised the Holy Spirit's help in formulating the right words. There is no cause to be anxious about our words or our testimonies. We can, with complete confidence, just speak, trusting in this promise of Jesus. And even more, in a hostile environment, as the disciples were going to be increasingly facing. So, don't fear. The first point today and the first outworking of this, of that, is this. Don't hide. Do not hide or be ashamed of the gospel. Instead, confidently and boldly bear witness. The second outworking is this. Don't worry. God will provide our needs. Luke 12, 22 to 31. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink. Nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things shall be added unto you. Food and clothing are just the needs of the present life. Consequently, disciples should teach these needs as secondary and not become anxious over them. There is more to life than what you eat and what you wear. Jesus uses the illustration of the raven to show that God provides for his creatures. If God provides for a bird, then of course God will provide for people, for you and for me, and even more so for his children as we are much more important to God than a bird. Jesus then moves on to worry about how long your life will be. Worry cannot prolong life any more than it can provide for life. Worry, however, can physically reduce one's lifespan. Jesus then moves to plants to illustrate the futility of worrying about material possessions. The flowers cannot do anything whatsoever to provide for their own needs. They are totally dependent on God. Still, he provides for them and does so magnificently. He gives every common flower more glorious clothing than Solomon, Israel's most glorious king, more than he could provide for himself. 
and then the grass, common vegetation. Yet God has made it beautiful. How much more will God provide for people who have a longer existence and serve a higher purpose than the grass? The disciples were men of little faith because they worried about the necessities of life rather than trusting God to provide these things for them. Worrying about these things particularly denies the sovereignty of God over our lives. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father knows that we need these things and so we should rely on him to provide what is necessary. Trust God. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Rather than seeking after material possessions, followers of Jesus should seek after God's kingdom and the lasting things associated with it. We should be prepared and an active participant in God's program for the coming kingdom. Jesus promised that God would provide the material provisions of those who do so. Don't fear my first point today. And the first outworking was don't hide. Do not hide or be ashamed of the gospel. Instead, confidently and boldly bear witness. The second outworking is don't worry. God will provide our needs. And the third outworking is don't get distracted. Our reward is in heaven, not on earth. Luke 12, 32 to 34. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where, your, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Pretty straightforward. Do not fear because our reward is in heaven where it does not fail, where no thief can steal and no moth can destroy. So don't get distracted by the lure of stuff, by the lure of fine clothes, fine food, fine homes. Don't fill your life with mortal treasures that will not last. Get rid of those things. Give them to the poor. Focus instead on the eternal rewards of living your life for Christ. Jesus, speaking as the shepherd of the flock for which he would provide, urged his followers not to fear. They could release their hold on material things with the full assurance that the blessings of the kingdom and eventual reward would be theirs one day. As a principle, people think about and long for the place where their treasure resides, whether on earth or in heaven. Investing in heaven draws our affections in that direction. But if our riches are on earth, we will think more about temporal things. 
I guess you could say that if anything you own is drawing you away from Jesus, then give it away. So you will be drawn more toward Jesus and fulfilling what he has called you to, not getting distracted. And earlier in verses 13 to 21 with the parable of the rich fool, Jesus makes this argument even strong for the snare of wealth and comfort, replacing lasting treasures which is fleeting. So my first point today is this, don't fear. The first outworking is don't hide. Do not hide or be ashamed of the gospel. Instead, confidently and boldly bear witness. The second outworking is don't worry. God will provide our needs. And the third outworking is don't get distracted. Our reward is in heaven, not on earth. Jesus then instructs his followers, you and me, to be ready. Luke 12, 35 to 48. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table, and he will come and serve them if he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake. Blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And for him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Be ready. Jesus is instructing his followers to be ready for the coming kingdom of God. So what does it require to be ready? Firstly, be dressed. There is nothing more unsettling than being woken up in the middle of the night by a knock at the door. You are drowsy, not wearing anything appropriate for guests, and are generally unprepared. But Jesus might return at any moment, and so we should be dressed appropriately. Now, what sort of clothes might Jesus be referring to here? He's not talking about having clean undies or in case you're in an accident and have to go to hospital. He's, well, we're taking the abstract to something more concrete. Think about the clothing as our character. Our character is well-dressed by the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness and self-control. And you can also view this spiritually. Our spirit is well-dressed by the armour of Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Being ready is being dressed and it is also being ready for action. Jesus tells the parable of a master returning from a wedding feast and his servant being there ready to serve. Those ready to serve their master will be blessed. And so we should be ready for action also, ready to serve our master as he has called each of us to. So what might this look like for you? Maybe it's being ready to say yes when someone asks for help. Maybe it's being ready to serve on a ministry team here at this church, like mainly music, kids converge, or in our men's or women's ministries. Maybe it's being ready to give an answer for the reason your hope is in heaven. Being ready is being dressed, ready for action. And be alert. Jesus uses the example of a thief in the night, never sure of when they may strike. If you are not alert, you might be robbed and suffer loss. And so there is the element of John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I come that they might have life and have it abundantly. The devil is always prowling around, seeking to devour, seeking to distract, seeking to destroy, seeking to distract even. And so we should be alert to the snares and traps of the devil. But we should also be alert for the second coming of Christ. It is said that Christ's return will be like a thief in the night. No one will know the hour. Christ's return will be unexpected and so we should be alert to this reality and live in the light of Christ's imminent return. Being ready is being dressed, ready for action, alert and being faithful. Jesus tells a parable to explain who he is warning to be ready. He is warning those who are faithful and the parable is an encouragement to continue to be faithful. The faithful and wise manager who faithfully and fairly cares for who they are responsible for will be rewarded when the master returns. This is a picture of the reward that will be given to faithful believers at the return of Christ. The faithful manager is contrasted with the unfaithful servant 
who beats the household servants and gets drunk. The unfaithful servant will be surprised when the master returns and will be judged swiftly and harshly. Swift and harsh will be the judgment that awaits the unbeliever at the return of Christ. Jesus then continues with the expectation that much will be required of those who have been entrusted by God with many abilities and responsibilities. They will be held to a higher standard on the last day. And so Jesus concludes this section of teaching about being ready with a special encouragement to be faithful, to be ready by being dressed, ready for action, alert and faithful. So what are two things that we can take away from Jesus' instruction today? Firstly, do not fear. God's got you covered. You don't need to hide. You don't need to worry. You don't need to get distracted because God's got you covered. He will provide all you need. Secondly, be ready. Be ready to serve Jesus by being dressed, ready for action, alert and faithful. Let me pray. Oh, gracious Lord and heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can come to you and know that your Holy Spirit is working in us and through us. Lord, we all want to be ready for your return. Lord, we're looking forward to it with a great expectation. And we just pray, Lord, that we will, in fact, be ready. Lord, we just pray that you'll bless us, each and every one, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Eve.